Hey everyone, Dave Hagen here. I recently got a message from the IRS, and it started like this. Messages to inform you that Internal Revenue Services have issued an arrest warrant against you, and within one hour you will get arrested from your house. Of course it's not real. But we're going to talk about these types of scams and think them through. That's today on the Financial Wellness Podcast. Welcome to the Financial Wellness Podcast, Dave's weekly message to keep you on your path to the financial success. Here is your host, financial problem solver and talk show host, Dave Hagan. Hey, thanks, Nick. Man, that was a scary kind of message to get on my phone. Actually, super scary. Let's listen to the whole message. Recorded messages to inform you that Internal Revenue Services have issued an arrest warrant against you, and within one hour you will get arrested from your house. Now you and your physical property is under state of investigation. And it is very important that we hear from you before we issue the arrest warrant or any legal prosecution by direct call back number. With area code 315800... Yeah, 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 I know, I know. It's a fake call, and and by the way, we changed the uh, phone number. We edited the file a little bit because I don't want everybody calling her back. But when I first got this, it really startled me and and caused me to think for a few seconds. Kind of reminds me about the time I was in Hawaii with my family. I I got the message on my cell phone that there was a missile coming and it wasn't a drill. Remember that? That's a story for another time. But when I first got this call, it caused me to, to pause and think. Now, you'd think that I would immediately know it was fake. My wife's a CPA who's trained to detect fraud, and I'm a lawyer who deals with these kinds of issues all the time. But it caused me to pause just for a second and think, are they coming to get me? Now, I've heard about this scam before. I was given a talk to a meeting of accountants about a year ago, and they made an announcement that everyone should talk to their clients that these kind of calls were scams. But again, it caused me to pause and panic for just a second. So I decided to go to the IRS website and see if there's anything that they have to say about it. Well, it turns out there's all sorts of stuff on their website about this. So I want to relay a couple of their points to you. Number one, The IRS doesn't call you. They primarily work through the mail. Ultimately, if you do owe taxes, yeah, you'll end up talking with an agent on the phone. But they don't initiate situations like this with a call. Point two, the IRS doesn't make threats. They're not going to come threaten to come get you or arrest you, pull you out of your car, whatever. I've seen IRS collection letters from our clients before over the years, and they talk about putting levies on assets or garnishing wages, but they just don't come pick you up in the middle of the night. That's just not done. Three, the IRS doesn't demand that you pay any taxes that are due in a certain way. They don't require prepaid credit cards, debit cards, or transfers from your bank account. They don't ask for credit card numbers over the phone. I mean, this seems pretty obvious, but it's surprising how many people get fooled, especially when they get an aggressive phone message like we just heard. And point four, if you get calls like this, you can report it to the IRS or more particularly the Treasury Inspector General for Tax Administration or TIGTA. Doesn't it seem like everything in Washington goes by initials? The FDIC, the FCC, the FAA, the TIGTA. Their phone number is 800-366-4484. That's 
866-4484. Call and make a report if you want. With all the business that we do over the internet these days, it's surprising to me that the system continues to hold together so well. Think about it. We order products, pay bills, trade stocks all over the internet. The opportunity for someone to create a scam and rip us off is huge. Yet remarkably, the system seems to hang together. We've got to continue to be diligent, though. Hey, I've got another clip. But this time it's a real person. They've got real people leaving these messages. This time her name is Julie Brown. Let's listen in. You're leaving the journey of record to return the call. The issue at hand is extremely time sensitive. My name is Julie Brown, calling from Internal Revenue Service. And the hotline to my division is 7354. Don't disregard this message and do return the call. Now, if you don't return the call, and if I don't hear from your attorney either, the only thing which I can do is wish you good luck as the situation unfolds on you. Goodbye and take care. Now, the first clip we listened to was automated, but this one's a real person. They're starting to use real people to make these calls. And do you think Julie Brown is a real name? I doubt it. So what's our takeaway from all this? Well, the IRS won't call you demanding payment or threatening immediate action against you. It's a scam. Also, there's no reason to give out credit card numbers or making payments to anyone right away. Try not to get freaked out if you get a call like this. Step back and take it a minute to enjoy it like you would enjoy a piece of cheap entertainment. And Julie Brown, all my listeners are waiting for your call and we're coming for you. This is Dave Hagan. And you're listening to the Financial Wellness Podcast. You've been listening to the Financial Wellness Podcast, Dave's weekly message to keep you on the road to financial success. If you'd like Dave to answer any of your questions, email them to dave at davidrhagen.com. If you like the podcast, you can subscribe to the podcast by hitting the subscribe button in your app. You will automatically get a reminder each time Dave uploads a new episode. Or... You can use the app to share this episode with your friends and family. Let's listen in now as Dave answers some emails. Hey, I was just thinking, if someone leaves you a message that's a scam, save it. Send it to us. Maybe we'll play it on the air. Now, don't record someone unless you have their permission. There are laws in all the various states about recording phone calls where you don't have permission. But if you get a message on your phone... And a lot of the phones allow you just to send the message directly by email. Send it to us. Maybe in a future episode, we'll play it and we'll, we'll have a nice little laugh. All right, now on to emails. Nick, what do you got? All right, Dave. So this email comes from Keith. It says, Dave, what's up with this cryptocurrency? I know you suggest putting my money into mutual funds, but investing in cryptocurrency seems like an easy way to make a quick buck. We'll love to hear some feedback on it. Thanks, Keith. Oh, Keith. Wow. Cryptocurrency. I got to tell you, I don't know what that is. You know, <laughs> I, I have no idea. I've had it explained to me a couple times. Um, I don't get it. And my, my rule of investing is if I don't get it, I don't buy it. And, and the same is true of, of other stock issues. If I look at a company and, and, and I don't clearly understand in a couple sentences what they're trying to do, I don't want to be a piece of that. I don't want to have my money in someone else's dream if I don't understand what it is. You know, the best example that I have of that is, is years ago, uh, 
uh, Apple computer came out with uh, this iPad 2, the little silver skinny music player. And I didn't like the first one, but the second one was the coolest thing that I ever saw. And I went out and I bought two of them. And I thought, I get this business model. They're going to make this product. And I want a lot of this product. And the next one, I'll bet, is going to be even cooler. So I went out and bought some stock. Not a lot, but I bought some stock. And that stock's been very good to us over the years because I wanted to be part of that very specific thing. Cryptocurrency, I don't know. I've been uh, really interested in seeing how the value of that's gone up on the market. I mean, it was 1000 bucks, 1500 bucks. I forget what it was. It was crazy. But now it's down and, and I don't get it. You know, uh, right next to our, our office, there's a, a, like a deli and a gas station. And I go over there and they have a... Uh, one of these cryptocurrency machines where you can get cryptocurrency, I guess. I don't even know what comes out of the machine. It's a beautiful machine, by the way. <laughs> but, but I don't know what it's selling, and so I haven't even used it. It's crazy stuff. I don't get that. So, Keith, no, I'd stay away from that. Go to the mall, walk up and down the aisle, find some business that's got a lot of people in it, and they seem to be buying their stuff. Man, get some stock in that. That's what I would do. <laughs> <laughs> what what else you got? Cryptocurrency. I mean, it's, it, 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 it's buying something that's intangible. I, I just can't fathom that. I don't get it. I don't get it. All right. So we have another one from, it says, interested listener. It says, Dave, I've been thinking about joining a gym now for some time, but can you believe how much they cost nowadays? I've seen monthly memberships start around $30 a month and go all the way up to $150 for a premium club. Obviously. No one is going to refute that exercise is bad for you, but I have a hard time paying at a minimum close to $400 a year for a gym membership, excluding the initial membership fee. To be honest, I can afford an, an extra expenditure of $400 a year, but I just, I just find it hard to justify what I'm spending it on. What do you think, interested listener? You know, I think that the club is uh, an excuse to get you to get there and work out, and if that works out, maybe you do it. But I got to tell you, um, you know, if you want to go lift weights or if you want to go run, you can run around the block. You can lift up, uh, you know, some bricks in your backyard. It's not near as fancy. It's not near as, as, uh, you know, luxurious, but, uh, there's ways to do it for an awful lot cheaper. I'm not a big fan of, of, you know, these real super nice clubs. And I've, I've walked through a couple of them and thought about it, but, uh, I just would rather do something else with my hundred, 150 a month. I mean, that, that's a pretty nice piece of coin. And I think there's a lot of other things that you could do with it, like, um, you know, clothes or save it or, you know, put it together in a, in a fund to, to take a trip that you'll remember for a long time. Stuff like that. Um, I, I think that they're charging an awful lot for a lot of these clubs. They're really nice. I mean, it's so sweet when you, when you show up and, like, they hand you a towel when you're done. And, you know, there's all these, like, real buff people working out, and you feel real buff. But... Um, no, no, I don't recommend it. Now, that being said, I think it's a good idea to do something active every day. You know, my, my kind of rule of thumb, and I started doing this in college when I was playing football, but my, my rule of thumb is try and sweat five, six days a week. If you can get out and do something where your body's going to sweat, chances are your pulse is up, chances are you're going to be doing something good for the, you know, for your cardiovascular system. And if you want to push around some weights or do something like that, that that's good for your muscle structure too. But um, you don't need you don't need to spend the money. There's cheaper ways to do that. That's what I'd recommend. But what about the clubs that are charging thirty a month, Dave? I mean, I personally belong to one, and I, I find it very beneficial. 
Well, you know, 30's better than 50, 50's better than 100, 100's better than 150. Um, if $30 a month is what is what gets you to the gym, great. I think that's that's great. That's better than what? Not doing anything at all. Agreed. You know, so if it gets you there, that that's fine. Some of these $30 clubs can get uh, you know, pretty worn out and pretty used, but if that's part of your experience too, that's that's great. Some people like to go you know, put up with the elements and the people and the crowds. And that's, that's part of the mentality of getting that whole thing done. And, and if that's the case, yeah, yeah, that's great. I mean, 30 bucks isn't so bad. 30 bucks is, uh, what, uh, a cup of Starbucks every other day, right? I was going to say like 10 Starbucks a month. There you go. There you go. So yeah, I mean, not so bad, not so bad, but these, these, these larger clubs, these more expensive clubs, I mean, if you got money to burn, if it's, you know, if it's a social thing, um, um, you know, I mean, if you're if you're looking for a date, it's that's great, you know. But uh, you know, I think some of these clubs are getting a little pricey for for what you're getting. I, I my club right now is um, hundred bucks, and I pay that. But it's because there's about ten or fifteen guys that go there and play basketball early in the morning, and there's there's no other place that I'm going to get a game with my low level of playing ability, <laughs> you know, otherwise I go and there's a bunch of young guys that can really run. So, um, I, I pay that, but you know, every month I see that coming through on the card and it's like, mm, man, wow, I got a hoop out front. Maybe they, maybe they come over and shoot with my hoop, you know? I mean, you're always, you're always looking at these, at these expenditures and whether it's a, a reasonable expenditure, uh, in terms of whether you're getting value for it, you right. know? I mean, another good example is um, on a much smaller level. Um, I, I can get a cup of Starbucks for a buck eighty-five on the way to work, but next door at the Starbucks next to our office, it's two ten, and it's like, oh man, I you know, I don't know. It's it's what is it, thirty cents difference or whatever, and it's not going to break me. I could easily pay it. I mean, you, you probably throw thirty cents a day into your coin jar, but at some point. You know, you just have to think: Is this worth it? Am I am I am I just missing out on an opportunity? I mean, thirty cents a day. Um, you know, maybe that's something you want to put away. Maybe that's something you want to put in your pocket. Um, yeah, I can go to the office, and we got K cups, and I can get a K cup, you know, from Costco for fifty four cents. So I, maybe I go to the office. Actually, by your um, example of Starbucks, it really resonated with me with gas. And just going to a specific gas station, which charges 50 cents less per gallon versus another one that's on Ventura Boulevard or the main boulevard here. And, you know, if you fill up a tank, you're saving $10. And if you use a tank of gas every other week, you know, you're saving $20 a month, 250 bucks a year. Oh, don't get me started. Don't get me started on the gas, man. <laughs> you know, when, when gas was so expensive with five, five and a half a gallon for, for premium, my wife and I were spending $600 a month for gas. We had cars that needed premium. And I mean, that's like six $100 bills that you're lighting on fire every month. And so we went ahead and, and we got a couple of volts. So now we don't pay hardly any gas. Well, I do I do pay for gas, about $18 every other month. A couple Starbucks. Oh, I'm telling you, <laughs> you know, so I love not paying for gas. Don't get me, don't get me started on that. But wow, how did, how did we get into this cheap jag? We're getting cheap here. <laughs> Frugal. It, Frugal's the word. It, it, it's all about saving money, Dave. Frugal, it's all about Frugal. saving money. Well, I, you know, I don't, I don't want to get to uh, the point where it's like, hey, uh, you know, save soap scraps and all yeah. that kind of stuff. But if you're thoughtful about it, you save a little bit here, a little bit there. 
throw that in the bank. It starts doubling, you know, if you're getting 7%, 10% um, on, your, on your investments, and that turns into some, some real money. Do you know, and this is, this is an extreme example, but if you take a penny, and then the next day I double it and give you two pennies, and then the next day after I give you four pennies, how much are you going to have at the end of a month in dollars? 3655 Nice. More than $5 million. What? That's the power of compounding. Now, that's an extreme example of compounding because you your stuff doesn't compound or double every single day. But if you can get a little tiny piece of that working for you in an account where you're, you're throwing your, your leftover money or right. money that you were just leaving on the table, how cool is that? You could retire years earlier or you could buy a little nicer house down the road or you could... Send your kids to a, you know, a, a larger school or something like that. It's it's amazing how when you start early and start saving that it starts to build up for you over time. And some of the ways to do this, a little less, not none. I couldn't do without Starbucks. Little less, <laughs> little less coffee, you know, little less gas. Maybe maybe a little less car. Some of these kinds of things. A little more saving. A little more saving. I like it. I like it. All right, well, I guess that's all the time we got. Hey, tune in next week. We're going to have Brian Reed join us. We're going to have a credit card roundtable. We're going to talk about different things that the credit card companies are doing to get us all to want to get their card or use their card. Um, we're going to kind of kind of an expose on some of the things that are going on. That's next week. This is Dave Hagan, and you're listening to the Financial Wellness Podcast. You've been listening to the Financial Wellness Podcast, Dave's weekly message to keep you on the road to financial success. If you'd like Dave to answer any of your questions, email them to dave at davidrhagen.com. Until next week, this is your announcer, Nick Appel, wishing you every financial success.